Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 100, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross the podcasting queen. Now my guest today says knowledge is having the right answer. Intelligence is asking the right question. Now joining me on today's show is Babette Bensusen. For over 25 years, Babette has served as an advisor to organizations and business leaders around the world. She is a recognized global authority on competitive intelligence. We've never spoken about that on the show before. And one of the most published authors and well-regarded speakers in her field. Now she brings valuable insights to entrepreneurs, to business leaders, senior executives, and of course, to us today. Now on today's show, she's going to share that every story is unique as hers was and each listener's story is unique to them. You need to write your own story. She's going to talk about how it's not about you and there is always more to learn. So welcome to the show, Babette. Thank you. Congratulations, your 100th episode. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. And I could not have thought of anyone better than to share the episode today with you. Competitive intelligence. As I mentioned, it's not a topic that we have spoken about today. And of course, you're so learned in this area. Share with us, what does competitive intelligence mean? Most people, when they hear the word competitive, think of competitors. Now, when you're running a business or an entrepreneur, you are well aware that competitors are only one aspect of your competitive environment. Mm -hmm. So there's government legislation you need to concern yourself with. There could be technology and its impact on your industry. Uh, suppliers, how well you purchase from suppliers. So you can see I'm already just increasing the world of competition. Mm -hmm. that an organization faces. So competitive intelligence, in essence, is about understanding your competitive environment and how you can compete more effectively in light of all the factors mm. that impact your competitive ability. Competitors are just one yes. small aspect of that. Yes. And we need to remember that yeah. as you know, running a business, as entrepreneurs, executives, whatever. 
that competitors is only a small part of your business. Yes, fascinating. And of course, in a moment, we're going to hear a little bit more about your story. But firstly, how did you get into this area? Because I'm sure that, that the term competitive intelligence not been around for such a, a while, or maybe it's known as a different uh, you know, way of expressing it. But what, what fascinates you about this and how did you get into it? Well, when I have to say, when I was doing my uh, MBA, I, I became quite fascinated with strategy. Mm. And a lot of people talk about strategic planning and, and strategies, but they have very few ideas that your strategic decisions are limited by your competitive environment mm. or they are framed by the competitive environment. So I thought, well, how can you make strategies in a vacuum? Mm. And then I was introduced by one of my professors to competitive intelligence. And there wasn't much happening in Australia in the area. So I regularly traveled to the US and did studies in the US yes. and uh, came to know it. And I've been doing it now for 25 years. I've done over 300 competitive wow. intelligence projects with Fortune 500 companies, the top Australian companies, as well as small to medium-sized businesses and startups. Yes. So well, you know, we celebrate that. Obviously, this is women in leadership, and you're certainly leading the way in this area. So I'm sure you've got some I incredible am. insights <laughs> to share on that, because so many women. We do tend to hold ourselves back, and yet you've been able to contribute all this expertise to support organisations. Often when there's something, that a new topic that's being discussed, you know, as individuals, and particularly business owners and, and women in leadership, we often need to, to have something said about, you know, what's, the, what's in it for me? You know, that with them is, is often a very commonly used sentence or phrase. What are some of the differences and outcomes that you've seen for some of the clients that you've worked with, obviously to help them identify what's our competitive intelligence? What has that enabled them to do? Can you just share a few outcomes? Oh, look, straight away, it's enabled every client that I've done, A, to learn a bit more about their competitive environment. People, first of all, people think they know their competitive environment. You don't. Mm. You can't. It's impossible. So having someone who's independent, unbiased, can bring some new insights, some new thoughts to your decision-making process. The other thing is that often we make decisions based on a lot of assumptions. Mm. And so with a lot of clients, we've been able to help them make better quality decisions. So... Uh, one client was in um, manufacturing of bread and doughs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, they a, were looking for an acquisition. So we were able to help them hone in as to which would be a better acquisition yes. for them to purchase. Someone else wanted to enter um, waste all recycling yeah. and... Uh, we were able to identify that the industry was declining. Mm. He'd never achieved the outcomes he wanted in a declining industry. However, here were some options he could move in another direction. Yes. Um, and another client uh, believed that their competitor was doing price cutting. Mm. <laughs> and we showed that they were the one that was setting it. The competitor was just following them. Oh. So, yes. You know... It's amazing the 
biases, the blind spots, the assumptions mm -hmm. that we bring to decision making. Yes. And competitive intelligence is a, a, a management discipline that allows you to make better quality decisions. Mm. If I had to say, what does it do? Yeah. It helps further your organization goals, but you can only do that by making better decisions. Yes. And Let me just say yeah. one thing that's very <laughs> controversial. Any person, even a teenager, knows how to cut costs. Mm. And the only way to cut costs is by focusing internally into the business. Mm -hmm. It takes real talent and leadership to grow your revenues. Mm. And the only place you can grow your revenues is by understanding the external world mm. in which you compete. Yes. So, so, so true. You know, if you don't get the world in which you compete, then go ahead, cut your costs yeah. because any idiot can do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think often with many business owners who are, you know, the people that often listen to our show, they are aspiring thought leaders. They are experts in their field and they want to make a bigger impact. You do not want to grow your business by having to undercut and underprice because then you become a commodity, you know. Correct. And, mm. Correct. And it means that what they're doing is when you undercut, undercut, it tells me that your focus is on your competitors. Mm. It's not on new technology. It's not on legislation. It's not on relationship with suppliers or buyers or, yeah. you know, it's not monitoring international stuff or, or trends or what. Yeah, you're yeah. going commodity. You're looking only at your competitors. Yeah, You're exactly. not thinking strategically. Yeah. And I think in that instance, you always feel that you're, you're not, uh, it's not proactive, it's rather reactive and, and no one wants to, to be a leader of a business that is, is like that. So one of the things that you're going to share more in is you say that each story is unique as yours was and that every, every listener has a story that's relevant to them and you need to write your own story. So when we're thinking about competitive intelligence, why is knowing your own story so important? Well, it's not just, you know, competitive intelligence. It's, it's now the individual. Mm. Um, if you understand your story, you understand where you're coming from and, uh, and your own biases, you can, you can change that and mm. therefore you can change your reality yes so we all have i i i'm i now work predominantly as an executive coach mm. in life leadership and business and i always work with clients i think there are four things that we that stop us from making better decisions mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs as executive and these four things i call the gales mm -hmm. and the gales stand the g stands for gremlin Mm -hmm. That's that little voice that sits on your shoulder that says, you're not good enough. You're an imposter. They're going to find out who you are. You know, who do you think you are? It's that little, you know, the little gremlin that sits yes. on your shoulder. A stands for assumptions. Assumptions we make about the world around us, but assumptions we make about who we are and our skill set mm. and our story. You know, our story can be changed. I stands for interpretations, how we interpret. So let me give you a classic example is 
someone walks past your desk and doesn't say hello and you go shit what have I done <laughs> now they could have had a fight that morning some bad news or they've got their head ready in the clouds for a meeting they're going to mm -hmm. but we interpret it in relation to ourselves yes. and the L of the Gale stands for limiting beliefs beliefs that we have about our abilities that we can't do that we don't deserve or whatever yes. so if we can understand our gales, you can change your story. Mm. If you understand where they're coming from, you can change your story because yeah. you change the way you think about things. Mm -hmm. And so it, competitive intelligence is all about changing the way you think about your external world, mm -hmm. while your story is all about changing the way you think about yourself internally yes. so that you can achieve greater things externally. Yeah. It's so true, isn't it? And, you know, one of the things that I learned many, many years ago from one of my mentors is that you will seek out the evidence that you need to prove your internal beliefs are true. <laughs> so if you think that you don't have what other, you know, to offer is any of value and all of that, you're going to continuously look for that evidence. Yet if you change your gales, as you say, then you're going to look for different evidence. All right, I was a little bit nervous speaking on that stage, but that's all right people applauded and they were smiling what would you say is the when you're looking at uh, the work that you're doing particularly with women because I think we can be often our biggest threat to being able to step up and, and really share that message what is the biggest aha that they often achieve is it through sharing a, a story or rewriting the story that they're telling themselves that basically then gives them permission and courage and boldness to start stepping out? What What is coming up for you in the work that you are doing with women? It's, it's a, that's a good question and a big one. Yes. Um, it's, it's Anne-Marie, it's, it's the acknowledging within themselves that their imperfections are perfect. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. It, it's allowing them that space that it, it is okay. Yeah. So you think you're an imposter? Yeah, well, so does everybody else. It's okay. Yeah. You know, you think you don't deserve this. Well, okay. Um, it's all right. But does anybody else? No. Well, okay. So how could you change your thinking around mm. it? Um, I, I think, I, you know, what you're bringing to mind is the Japanese art, you know, when they have a crack pot mm. they put gold oh, to fill wow. the cracks because without the cracks because the imperfections mm. are the perfections yes you know what I love about what you've just said it reminds me of conversations that I've had that often the challenges that you have worked through has created the character in which you're now imparting for others and you know often our failures we look at them as oh I don't want to share that and not that we necessarily need to do but if we're able to look at our failures and what as growth and learning opportunities, that is something that can hold you in good stead in the future, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think the problem we have is we're so busy trying to manage the day-to-day -day yeah. that we are not giving ourselves the chance to reflect yes. on the things we have done. So what happens is we forget and resilience comes from 
Oh, yeah, and that's why coaching, I love it, mm. is that often you remind clients, so when have you experienced this before? And they rattle it all off. And I said, so you survived that, didn't you? Yes, so you've got the skills. You're able to keep moving forward. And, mm. oh, yes, they, they completely forgot. Yeah. And once you remind people of their abilities to do things and get things done and to survive, they become stronger. They've got much better stamina. You know, mm. and of course, they become far more resilient yes. because now they're acknowledging it. Yeah. Something I want to ask you because I know that people are looking at you and admiring where you, you know, the things that you are saying and, and what you've been able to achieve. And, and one of the things that's become apparent is you just need to get out there. You need to just go and do that. And sometimes we do that even feeling a little bit of fear. For some of us, we quite enjoy that. I'll often say yes to things and then go, why did I do that for? But there's actual I know, excitement I do in, the in same. that. But I'm sure if you look back to when you started, first started and really speaking on those larger stages and sitting often in front of, you know, large um, organisations and the heads of organisations, you were probably thinking, my goodness, you know, pinch yourself. Share with us, I mean, were you always as confident? Did you find that it continued to okay. grow as you were doing project to project? Share a bit about this. Okay, so for me... Um, I have to say that I, I worked and lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years mm. uh, in the 1980s. And one of the things that I learned was that women who had an MBA were highly respected. And I wanted to get me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my, my first step of motivation. So I decided that I needed to get me an MBA as well so that I could be just as respected yeah. as all these women were in America, you know, and the men would say, oh, she's got an MBA. So they'd be, and I'll be yeah, yeah, that's what I want. I want one of them. So I came back, I did an undergrad degree and I then did my MBA. And one of the things that was really, uh, and then I said, okay, I've got my MBA. Now what? So I realized that I wanted to brand myself as, a, as an expert. Mm. And I just said in my mission statement and vision that I wanted to be branded Australasia as an expert in competitive intelligence. So I went about it really strategically. I said, what do experts do? They do two or three key things. The first thing is they um, write. They do a lot of writing. Secondly, they teach. And thirdly, they speak. Okay. So, and, and you have to do. So I said, okay, so I've got client projects. I've got to write and I've got to uh, speak. Yeah. So I then looked at all those things that I could do that would enable me to consult, to write and to do. So um, I then came, had a colleague who came out to Australia uh, Craig Fleischer on sabbatical. And I said, what if we wrote a book together? Mm -hmm. Well, that's how it started. And six books later. <laughs> so our books are in the top best-selling mm -hmm. business books at Amazon. They've been translated into six different languages. You know, wow. it's all wonderful. So that established it. Mm -hmm. As a result of the books and their use around uh, – um, the world and having written it, I started to get a little bit of teaching jobs in MBAs or, you know, guest lectures in MBAs <laughs> in China or in the US. So it started, the speaking started to build up and like you, 
I went for speaking roles and I said, why would anybody want to listen to me? Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to say. So it wasn't until one day I was at a conference and I saw my slides being given back to me by another speaker yes. <laughs> that I knew I'd, I was getting there. And yeah. then um, what else happened? Oh, you know, so I was speaking, I was teaching at universities, I was writing the books, I was doing consulting projects. And then I got an award, mm -hmm. um, which was the highest award you could get out of the strategic and competitive intelligence professionals in Washington. Wow. And when I got this award, I thought, you can't get any higher. I got the Oscar. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where do I go from yeah. here? <laughs> oh, so I love that. That's when I, and during that whole time, I think I matured mm. and I changed in that um, I didn't need to work as hard or I didn't need to prove myself. You prove but it was yes. a long journey. Yeah. If you think that, I, I love that you've shared that because the things that become apparent, I mean, that's such a great blueprint. You set your intention. You had a oh. clear idea of exactly what you needed to do because quite often we haven't got the clarity and we mm -hmm. haven't said, this is what I want to do. I've got that with speaking because I want to do a lot more speaking and I know that my goal is to become a CSP. That's just something that I'll put out there. I mean, actually, now that it's out there, that's a bit scary that I've just no, no, shared no, that with the world. But, but that's my goal. you know. And you have to set that intention, don't you? Otherwise, you're flipping and flopping all over the place. Absolutely. So with that book, if you look at the, the experience or the time frame because for some women I know that we do this go yeah but how long and all that and sometimes we the reason why we're not achieving what we're wanting is because the time frame is too narrow we've got to give ourselves permission to build that momentum so how many years or what was the time frame that you started writing those books and then started can you take us back just roughly approximately about 10 years yeah so uh mm. 10 it, it was I have to say uh uh total 1992 2007 so 17 15 years max yeah. from zero a nobody starting a business out of my bedroom mm -hmm. to receiving a global award yeah. in the United States and global recognition yes so yeah, yeah. love that so and, and but you know what's interesting is it's never had any value here in Australia mm. surprisingly mm. while People know me better outside of Australia. Yeah. It's so, this Australian. We are such skeptics that we got, and we got no idea. Sometimes I'm, I'm obviously we're generalising, but a, a lot of people I speak to are the same. But you know, one thing that I love is just about your attitude and approach, Bibet, and and something that I think uh, many of us can resonate with. There's a level of that maturity, as you know, we may start out wanting to have that success and significance. But then it becomes about the impact that you're actually making and that, hey, we're actually supporting people with our knowledge and this is the outcomes that we're delivering. But there's a level of maturity that comes with that time that only yeah. time and experience can afford, can give you, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. And, and, you know, look, it took 13 or 14 years or 15 years to get from zero a small company working in out of a home mm. office to having eight staff working globally with clients you mm. know teaching in china running workshops in switzerland doing things in the states not a problem yes 
but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And then as you become more confident in your own material, in your area of expertise, Mm -hmm. and that was the key thing is I knew I wanted to be an expert. Experts do particular things. Mm. You know, they write, they speak, they teach. Yes. If you want to do that, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got to keep learning. You, you mm. know, you cannot be an expert if you stop learning. Yeah, yeah. So what happened then is once I got the award, I'd say, okay, where do I go now? And I thought, okay. So I did a postgrad degree in counselling, mm. realised I didn't want to be a counsellor. <laughs> So then I did some studies in the U.S. as a coach. Mm -hmm. So I became a certified and accredited coach. Mm -hmm. But I I again followed a um, very clear strategic approach. So I wanted a tool that was unique, Mm -hmm. uh, that could differentiate me from my competitors. So I've never stopped. And that was the Energy Leadership Index. Mm -hmm. So I've never stopped being strategic in my way of developing my business but the key thing I've learned is if you don't understand the way you think mm. then you're not going to create the reality that no you want. it's so true that the self-awareness and what environments allow me to do my best work and where do I let myself down I don't know you probably heard of the Colby assessment Colby a assessment I'm a quick start and so follow through is one of the lower scores. And so for me, I know that I get bored easily. I love new challenges, love, you know, creating things. Mm-hmm. But then if we've got to do it over and over again, it's like, no. And so when we are aware of where are some of the areas that could be perceived weaknesses or could stop us from generating the success or the outcome that we want, we need to either get team, hire it out, automate it, that kind of thing, because that will Absolutely. keep us... Um, certainly stuck. What I love about what you've said, and I think this is uh, so many business owners struggle with this, is they don't have that clear vision. They don't have a clear outcome that's defined and documented and the steps to get you there. Yeah. 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 And, and without a vision, you know, I keep thinking of the that old cartoon um, that uh, you could be up to your armpits in alligators. Mm. Um that the original objective was to drain the swamp. <laughs> you know, if you and and the alligators are the to the day to day urgencies, mm. bits and pieces. But your original objective is to drain the swamp. Yes. Yeah. And mm. that's why it's so important, exactly as you've said, Anne Marie, that you must, must have uh, a clear vision or or a clear direction mm. of where you want to go yes and you know saying you want to make a million dollars that's not a clear direction mm. that's in right. my book no and often that that is the goal yeah but how how what are the steps that you need to, and when you actually break it down then you realize oh it's not going to happen by next month <laughs> i actually have to put some hard work into it well but not only that you want to make a million dollars okay in real estate, mm. in selling properties, or oh, you want to sell beauty products, oh, candles, oh, you want to retail, oh, you want to do it online. How? So, what are your competitors? What's stopping you? What are the things you need to do differently to brand yourself that you can make that in a couple of years? Yeah. I've got clients 
I've got, I'm working with one client who went from zero. He wanted to go from zero to $10 million in three years. And I said, you and who else? <laughs> so he was growing his business from zero to half a million to 500,000 in year one. Yeah. And then from 500,000 to 3 million in year two and 3 million, I think it was to 7 million oh. in year Wow. Oh, I was going to say, and, and, and you need to bottle that then because that, that is going to be worth a fortune, maybe te teaching the, the sister. I don't think it would. No. Because even if you look at the companies like um, uh, Atlassian, the Australian mm. company that's done so well, you know, it took them about 10 years. Yes. You know, it, it didn't happen overnight. No. You know, Google, all these companies didn't happen overnight, you mm -hmm. know. Like Microsoft, they started in a garage, they started in a home office, or they started in a student dorm, and it took time. Yeah, yeah. and I think, as we said, that time is the level of maturity. And for some, you know, people, if I think back to many of the interviews that I've done, and a lot has have experienced failures, and those have allowed them to build and be aware. Well, we're not going to do that next time. But of all of the people that I've interviewed and it has taken time, they say, you know what, when we look back, I'm glad because I am not the person I was now back then. And I think had that success come too quickly, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I wouldn't have been able to manage it um, as effectively. And it goes back to the point you raised earlier about maturity, mm. um, taking and the time. But I think also your thinking changes. Mm. Yes. I think your thinking changes. And it's important for your thinking to change for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And getting a, a lot of ego out of it. Because when we bring too much ego, and that beautifully segues into it's not about you. What do you mean by that? It's not about you. Mm. See, <laughs> I, I look at people I coach, right? And they go, oh, I want them to do this and I want them to do that. And, you know, we've got to get this done and, you know, I need this. It's not about you. Mm. You're working with a team. So how can you get the team to collaborate? How People are so focused on their own needs, their own outcomes, but you can't achieve your needs and outcomes without other people around you. And it's so it's not about you. It's about it's understanding so and having good relationships. Look, they've found that people who live to an old age, the one thing they've all got in comma, common uh, is good friendships. Mm. Good friendships, good relations. To have good friendships and good relations, it's not about you. Yeah. So it's about true. the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, so true. Such a great reminder. And you've already shared, you know, how important it is to you and that that's shown up throughout your career, ongoing learning and development. What would you say when you look at many business owners and leaders today? Do you feel that they've got this right, that they are continuing to learn and it's good or there's room for improvement? What are you seeing? Well, that's, I love it. There's room for improvement, yeah. without a doubt. Look, it's what I said before. We don't know our own gales. Mm. So we don't know what's getting in our way of the success we're looking for. Yes. So for me, there's always room for improvement. 
Mm. I I think self-reflection, self-development is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I've got to tell you the honest truth. I have two coaches, mm -hmm. <laughs> one for my business and one for my personal development, yes. you know. Uh, yeah. And I, you, you've got to, not got to, you've got choices. Mm. But I don't want to get in the way of what I want to achieve and the life I want. Yes, yes. And so often, as we've said, uh, we can get in our own way and get stuck in our stuckness. And it's not oh. someone who's outside can actually just through sometimes reframing something or asking a really good question and it's like, oh, that's the thing, you know, and uh, that, that external person uh, doing yes. that uh, allows us to then make better decisions and, and take a better approach to it. So, Babette, it's been such a, a pleasure and honour speaking with you today. Lots of incredible insights. How Thank can people you. connect with you and find out more about the great work you're doing? The people are welcome to email me directly at Babette, B-A-B-E-T-T-E, at Mind shifts, M I N D S H I F T S dot com dot AU. My website is mindshifts.com.au. They're welcome to go there. My mobile number is there uh, and they can email me in any kind. I'm always happy to uh, support people mm. to, to just think differently and to make better decisions. Yes. Because ultimately know, so that's going to allow them to get their message, their service, their products out yes. into the hands of those people that they know uh, need them and yes. um, it impacts the world. Look, thank you once again for coming oh, on the show. Anne-Marie, thank you very much for this opportunity. My pleasure. <laughs> it's been a delight and a privilege. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.